0: Welcome to the iPhone Life Podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life.
1: And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher.
0: Each episode we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And today we have a special episode following Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference keynote. So that means today we got new releases of iOS 16, watchOS 9, iPadOS 16, Uh, TVOS 13, I want to say? Well, actually, that that. was missing. Yeah. (laughs) That was in our rumor roundups we didn't actually get. Um, We got new MacBook Airs and MacBook Pros, and we're going to talk about all of that in this podcast episode, uh, give you our takeaways of best and worst features, and um, what we did and didn't get. So stay tuned for that right after David shares our sponsor for this episode.
1: Yeah, so today's sponsor is OWC, uh, and they make a, a wide range of Apple accessories for the iPhone and especially for the Mac. And today I'm gonna tell you about their line of solid state external hard drives. If you're in the market for an external hard drive, they're really one that I'd recommend. They have a wide range starting from really small and affordable, starting like $99, and they have one that's rugged. They have one that uh, holds up to, I think, two terabytes. And they just support. They're they're great for the Macs and for iPads. They look and feel like your MacBooks, so they have a nice uh, a nice aluminum shell that'll match. And it also is rugged. And I love them just because they are always making high quality products and always products for Apple. So make sure you check them out at OWC.com. We'll put a link to their hard drives in the show notes.
0: I also wanted to take a moment to tell you about our tip of the day newsletter. We have over 300,000 people subscribed to this newsletter. It's our fastest growing product. And when you sign up, it's completely free. We send you a one minute tip of something cool you can do with your iPhone. And you get it each day. It makes it really effortless to gain expertise in your iPhone and learn tips and tricks without any of the effort. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can go and sign up for free today. I also wanted to take a moment to tell you about our premium subscription called iPhone life insider iPhone Life Insider is a community of over 12,000 people who are Apple enthusiasts, who want to get the most out of their Apple devices and just have a natural love of Apple products. So we offer our insiders full access to our team. You get ask an expert. If you have any tech issues, you can contact us and you get a guaranteed answer to your question. You get in-depth video guides with step-by-step instructions and downloadable PDFs iOS 16 was just announced today. It comes out in September. That means we'll have an in-depth guide waiting for you the day iOS 16 is announced. And we'll also walk you through all the things you need to do to get your iPhone set up for iOS 16. We also have guides on things from like your iPad and Apple Watch and Mac. So all of your core devices are covered. You get in-depth, you get um, daily one-minute video tips. You also get an ad-free version of this podcast with bonus content Mm -hmm. from David and I. And you also get...
1: Ask an Editor.
0: Ask an Editor, I already covered, but um, our magazine. You get a digital version of our magazine with full access to our archive. So you get 30% off your Insider subscription just for being a podcast listener. Go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. Claim that. Plus, you can get 10% extra off with our Senior Discount. So, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. That is my pitch for the day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got through a lot there. We
0: did. So, moving on, let's first talk about WWDC overview, what Mm -hmm. we got and what we didn't get, and then we're going to get into each of the releases in more detail. Um, So, what were your big thoughts on the announcement today?
1: You know, overall, and we'll obviously get into it as we go through each of the operating systems, overall, I thought all of the updates were solid. There's a lot of great new features added to each of them. I think, though, a couple a couple thoughts, number one, I found myself missing the kind of older format where it was actually live and in front of people, not just because like the new like whizzing around cameras can be a little cheesy, but like it felt like there's a little bit of focus lost, both in terms of the update itself and the presentation of it, where they just went over so many features, ones that usually maybe they would have left out, that weren't as big, and less focus on here is the biggest thing we did, and with that in mind, I don't think any of these features announced today are going to be like revolutionary. And Apple loves their revolutionary features. And none of them struck me as being that level of exciting. How about you?
0: Well, I, do, I agree with you that this was much more of a practical update yeah. to all of the operating systems, but they were practical updates often that were ones I've been waiting for for years. So I had a lot of like personal gratification being <laughs> like, okay, finally, for instance, you can mark a message as unread. Finally, you can plan some stops along your route in Apple Maps. These are things that have just been kind of like glaring oversights in my mind for years. Yeah. So we got a lot of that that left me feeling good about today's announcement, but we didn't get a lot of breakthroughs and because we didn't get breakthroughs and we're still doing these virtual events because of the pandemic, it, it does, it just, there wasn't any of the magic. It was um, like a
1: full two hours. Yeah. And they mentioned the, the, they mentioned the weather app on iPad maybe three or four times. And that was the point where they <laughs> lost me. I'm like, okay, cool. We get it. And actually, like, it's not that exciting. Um, but no, I think, like you said, I agree with you. A lot of these updates are practical and will be really useful Um, the other thing too, big picture takeaway before we dive into it, it was a good reminder to take all of the rumors with a grain of salt because some of them came true, but a lot, a lot of them did not, especially rumors around software. Hardware is easier to predict because Apple likes to announce a a new hardware, like a new iPhone, and then release it the next week, which means they've been manufacturing it for a few months and people in China can see it. Software's a lot harder to predict. There were a lot more rumors this year than usual and a lot of them didn't come true.
0: Yeah, I think so. The, the fact that there are a lot of practical updates is a good thing to let you all know about, and we'll get into what they are, because there might be some ones you're actually really excited about, even though they're not revolutionary. And then the other thing that I think a lot of people will be excited about is the new MacBook Air. Yes. We got a MacBook Air and a MacBook Pro. Um, the MacBook Air has a lot of features that the previous MacBook Air that I bought doesn't have that I think make <laughs> it exciting if you're looking for more of like an entry-level, really nice
1: MacBook. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean that was exciting too.
0: Yeah. It was I feel like especially over the weekend I was reading a lot more rumors about this mixed reality headset that Apple apparently is working on and how That's even if we didn't get it now, like that's going to be the next big thing. Were you expecting that at all?
1: No, I feel half vindicated. I was very like, I was like, everybody's saying rumors of hardware, and Apple never releases hardware in WWDC. And I was half right. (laughs) Like, they did announce a computer, which they do sometimes do. um, But no, Apple's pretty rarely going to announce something as massive as the new product category at WWDC. I think we will get it, I think it'll be the fall.
0: Yeah, I mean, we feel like like a mixed reality headset is such a departure from anything we've ever seen from yeah. Apple, especially under Tim Cook, something yeah. like that different, that I would have been really surprised if we got it, too.
1: Yeah, I agree, but I am excited for it in the fall.
0: Yeah. All right, so should we talk about iOS 16? Let's
1: do it. Let's get into it.
0: So iOS 16, I would say the... Features that I think are the coolest to tell you all about is the lock screen. Yes, which I feel like I'm stealing your thunder because you were the biggest one of being like the lock
1: screen. So cool. <laughs> it's Apple's thunder. We're <laughs> yeah. all just stealing Apple's thunder. No, I agree. I think the two, like if from the broad painting with the broadest brush here, the most exciting things announced today were the lock screen customizations on the iPhone. iPad, we'll get into it, but I actually think that's the one area where some of those updates are potentially revolutionary for the device. And then the iPad Air, so yes.
0: And you saying that is saying a lot, because I feel like most multitasking upgrades to iPad, you're like, nah, it's not gonna do anything. So this time, you being excited says something.
1: Yeah, well, they're addressing what my <laughs> fundamental complaint is, and we'll see if they get it right. But yeah, we'll get into that later on. Let's talk about the yeah. lock screen. So. What did they change?
0: So the lock screen now has customizable fonts and date, fonts um, and pictures. I mean, you could change your wallpaper before, but now it's like you can mix and match things more. Mm-hmm. So they have a ton of different fonts and um, for the time, which looks really cool. Then you can like mix and match them and edit with filters, different photos on your, on your lock screen. And there's a little section that also has widgets. It wasn't clear how many widgets are available to you. And there were like ones that kind of blend in with your lock screen, like the battery indicator for your different connected devices yeah. and uh, weather, like a yeah. dynamic weather little widget on your screen. Um, but I don't know if you can do ones for third-party apps. It wasn't totally they didn't, clear. They
1: didn't make it clear which widgets would work. But I think to yeah. me, yeah, the customization of the fonts are fun but the ability to have widgets on your home screen is really great because it means that you can just look at your phone and see the weather, or see your battery levels, or see really critical information without ever having to open up your phone. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: they also had these um, live—what do they call Live activities. So there were certain widgets that, yeah. would, that they would update in real time. Um, So you could see certain, what were some of the examples? So some of the
1: examples they gave that were cool were you could see, for example, the score of a game. And rather than, because they they gave a good example of a really frustrating use case for uh, notifications, where if you're a sports fan and you follow some of these sports apps, you'll get like a third score, close game, fourth quarter, or third quarter, close game, fourth quarter, close game. And they'll send you a bunch of updates throughout the game. And instead, you can just have... a a notification that'll automatically update, so it'll say the score and it'll dynamically update. The other example they gave is like your Uber ride and it'll tell you where it is and when it's gonna arrive and how close it is, and that'll update dynamically. So yeah, the combination of the widgets on the home screen, they redid a lot of these notifications, the way they work, they're kind of on the bottom now as opposed to just taking up your entire screen, which I thought was nice, Mm -hmm. and they'll dynamically update.
0: One thing that was cool, and I'm I'm not sure how all these things will be controlled under what section of settings. Yeah. Because they had a wallpaper too that showed dynamic weather updates. So it would, like it would sh- show raining on your display when it's raining out. Plus, you can add that little like kind of um, discrete widget that shows you the weather forecast on your home screen as well. So I'm curious whether you would set that in your wallpaper settings or whether you're doing that under like the widgets. If there's going to be like a widgets area yeah
1: I don't know
0: um but that I thought I would use all the time I think
1: yeah and they had a couple other things that were nice touches number one a feature that they also announced that will be coupled really well with this is they now can use AI to separate out the subject of a photo from the background so for example if you take a photo of your kids it can automatically remove the actual children from let's say the background and so you could put them on this display so the examples they have that look really cool is you have like a solid background color with just your kids and you don't have as busy of a photo as you normally would have. Um, so that was cool. And then the other thing, which is this last part small, but I thought was really nice. They have these uh, interesting interactions between the lock screen and the background image, the wallpaper on your home screen, where the, the example they showed was like the globe. And as you swiped up, they had little an animation that the globe recede to the background as the... Um, as the apps popped up and it was really, it looked sleek and it was nice. And it's one of those things where a lot of times you kind of want them to interact, your home screen and your lock screen, but it usually don't have the same image because it's too noisy if you have it on your home screen. So I thought they put a lot of thought into that. And some of these things are just visually appealing, but things like widgets and dynamic uh, apps and those things, it like they'll be really useful. So I think they did a good job.
0: One interesting thing too is that also notifications now come in from the bottom instead yeah. of from the top, which you know it's not like a huge breakthrough, but it comes that that your notifications are listed there along with these live activity mm-hmm. bars, and you also can set custom focus or custom lock screens for different focus modes, which I am excited about because right now it's not always obvious what focus mode you're in. Yeah, focus modes for true. those of you listening who haven't tried it lets you set up different notification preferences essentially do not disturb preferences based on what activity you're doing. And so now you could have like more of a obvious setup that shows you like, oh, I'm in my work mode right now because I have a certain kind of professional looking home screen right now. And then you could set up a different (laughs) one that's more fun and playful for when you're doing something else. I don't know. I'm (laughs) struggling to come up with good examples. But right now, all I see is that I'm in do not disturb mode because I turned on work mode to record this podcast and I can't see which one I'm in.
1: Well, and if you're a regular listener, you'll know Donna and I have been really into these notification summaries lately because it makes notifications less disruptive and I feel like the changes they made today are along the same lines of allowing you to access the information when you want it but being a little bit less disruptive coming in from the bottom not taking up your whole screen mm-hmm. having an update dynamically as opposed to then having to send you like I mean I think the uber is a good example right it's like you get a notification when like it's 15 minutes away and then you get a notification when it's getting closer and then when it's there and it's like you end up with five notifications just to get in an uber so this I think I think all of these things combined, I think, will be a much nicer experience. Uh, the last little bit that I wanted to say about the live screen or the lock screen too, I think we've read a lot of rumors about there being an always-on display with the new iPhone. So a display that never turns off. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that on the Apple Watch, for example. And I think a lot of these changes to the lock screen are in preparation for that. That you know, you imagine if you have a dynamic, um, a dynamic notification that tells you the score and your phone never goes dark, you can always look down and see the score. So those, I think it'll couple well together, and I think that, that that will happen in the fall with the new iPhones.
0: The always on display. The rumors say, though, it will dim similarly to how your Apple Watch does, yeah. um, because otherwise, I think that would be a big issue for things like movie theaters or yeah. areas where, like, you become very unpopular for having a really bright display.
1: Well, but that being said, like for the Apple Watch, there's a movie theater setting, so you, I'm sure oh, they will yeah, have that. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Um, but in general, having to me having a really bright display at all times is pretty unappealing. Actually. Yeah, and
1: can be distracting.
0: I'm curious what this setting will do for. Um, Screen time. Because I think in some ways this could help me cut down on screen time. Mm -hmm. Having, being able to see some more essential information. Because I can't even count how many times I look at my lock screen. See, like get pulled into my phone. Because most um, notifications do you do have to take a further action to like get the information you really want, and then yeah. suddenly I'm like doom scrolling, and I feel like this <laughs> might just help me like check the weather forecast or yeah see if my Uber is getting close, and then carry on with my day.
1: Well, one of my favorite things about the Apple Watch, which is kind of hard to convey if you don't use one, is how you can get the essential information without having to open up your phone. If you get mm-hmm. an, if you get a text message or something like that you just glance at your wrist and go back. And I think similarly, getting the essential information like the weather, my battery life, or just looking at the notifications without having to open up my phone, like you're saying, it's going to make me be, it's going to be helpful in screen time, make me not go get sucked into my phone as much.
0: So I think we've adequately covered <laughs> yeah, we got the lock there. screen. But we, we wrapped in with that, the focus mode and notification update. So that was, that really right there is a lot of what iOS 16 has to offer. Mm-hmm. Messages has some long-awaited <laughs> long long features. Yeah, long-awaited yeah. features. So I feel like that... That would be my runner-up in terms of importance of things for you all to know. I agree. Messages now lets you unsend messages and also mark messages as unread. So those are both things that are big ones.
1: And you missed a really critical one. You can edit messages. So if you have a typo in a message, you don't have to send an asterisk and correct yourself. And they had a really funny example when they are showing it where they said, like, hey, babe, do you wanna hang out tonight? And then they went and edited it to, hey, Gabe, do you wanna hang out tonight? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. these are so obvious. It's been so many years. And all of them are a little bit of a mixed bag because, you know, for some people, for example, like if you, let's say you send a really angry message to somebody and then you unsend it so they've read it, but then they can't be like, look, they sent an angry message. Like there's something about having an accurate chronological order of like what was said and when that's nice. But overall, I think these will be really useful features. Sorry.
0: Well, it is really like for so long, if you deleted a message on your end, for instance, it doesn't yeah. change on the others so like having something that's editable that will edit it on both sides is really nice and m- a lot of messaging platforms already have that yeah
1: it, and to unsend a message like all of these yeah. things like how many times have you sent the wrong message to the wrong person and just panicked
0: and it is weird too how like so many it, it's just a, a feature that the technology is there to change it so why should it be like this permanent yeah. thing <laughs> um, so I think that's a good feature David and I on this podcast for years have been complaining about not being able to mark text messages as unread. Yes. So getting that say I felt was very cathartic.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Apple heard us. They said they listened to, to people, and I'd like to think they meant us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is when if you use Apple's mail app, you'll know that you can like right-click on a message on your computer or um, on your phone, I think it's swipe left or something. And anyway, mark a message as unread. And the benef- benefit of that is that if you just see something quickly, but you want to come back and address it later, then it's not going to just disappear in- yeah. into everything. And with text messages, you haven't been able to do that. And a lot of times it's tempting to peek at a message when it's not the right moment to respond, and then it just gets lost in a barrage of other text messages. So yeah, totally. this, this allows you to not lose those text messages again, not groundbreaking or revolutionary, but really useful.
1: Along the same lines of thank goodness Apple finally heard us, the ability to have multi stop multiple stops in Apple Maps. I know. And thank that's God. been such a pain point for me. If you're going on a long road trip but you need to go stop somewhere along the way, Apple had no way of doing that, and Google Maps has had that forever. And I find myself, I tend to use Apple Maps these days unless I'm doing multi-stop, and then I have to use Google. And it's such an obvious no-brainer feature. So thank God they added it. I was happy about that.
0: Uh, Health app also got a nice update where you can track your medication. Yes. And that also carries over to the Apple Watch. Just spoiler for watchOS. (laughs) Um, So that's when, you know... One of our writers wrote the headline, This Health Feature Will Save Lives, <laughs> which, you know, actually is true. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, you know, medication management is a really important thing. You could probably use the Reminders app for it before, but this is a much more effective way to
1: do it. Totally.
0: So that's a cool one. Let's see, what else are we missing?
1: The other one that I'm seeing here that is a pretty, one of the larger updates is the, they have now a family shared albums in photos. And so how it works, it'll be interesting, uh, but basically (laughs) you can set up certain albums that will share uh, automatically. So you can have all your photos shared, but I'm laughing because sometimes you don't want to have all your photos shared. But they give you some controls of like you can for example set it up to automatically share photos that have your family in it. So any family photo you take will share or automatically share photos on a specific trip. Let's say you go on a camping trip and all the photos end up in one place. So it's not like every, you know, it's a really frustrating thing where every time, if you go on a trip, all the photos I take are on my phone, all the photos my partner takes are on her phone, and then you're texting each other photos back and forth so you can share them, and you can do a shared album, but it's really manual and kind of annoying and painful. So this is a way of managing that whole process automatically. Again, I think photos are, can be a sensitive area where you may not want to share all your photos, and do they have the right balance between automatically sharing the photos you want and protecting your privacy from the photos you don't want shared? I don't know yet, but it seemed interesting at least. What did you think?
0: Yeah, for me personally, I see no benefit of this feature (laughs) just because I think that just having the baseline be like my photo collections my photo collection I'll share what I want manually I feel more comfortable with than yeah. the, these, this automatic sharing cuz also I've just had facial recognition not be that good at times so it just sharing it with my family members too when the family members spotted in a photo I don't quite trust that either I agree um I agree. so I don't know it's like I it's not like a huge you know risk or anything but I think I'd probably prefer to just share them manually. But I think for for some people who don't have that kind of baseline like privacy impulse, I think they'll think this, this feature is cool. <laughs> Another cool feature is um, Pay Later with Apple Pay. Apple yeah. Pay Wallet got some updates um, and you can now... Pay in four installments over six weeks if you use Apple pay to purchase something online
1: you can also the the wallet feature that I thought was the most exciting was because that feature is cool but like there's huge most vendors have pay later options um, but the feature I thought was cool is now if you have Uh, vendors can take payment directly from the iPhone without an extra chip. So with Apple Pay, you can just tap somebody's phone and it'll take it. So let's say a good example for this is like if you're at a farmer's market Mm -hmm. and like all of the, I I think it's like basically square without the actual square, (laughs) like you can take it. And same thing too, if you have a chip based card, you can tap your card. So I thought that was really cool. I was sad that they didn't roll that out you have to be a merchant you they didn't roll that out for individuals which i thought would have been really cool to like kind of venmo somebody just by tapping their phone for example
0: yeah another thing that um you've talked about this app before shop yeah that shows you also all the things you purchase or all the things that have been delivered to you are in transit etc and apple the wallet app will show that with things you've Bought via Apple Pay.
1: Yeah, now to me, I think something like Shop is a better solution because it tries to pull everything you bought from all your sources I know. versus just from Apple Pay. But nonetheless, it's cool. A it's few- cool.
0: Like if you just really bought into Apple Pay and use it for most things, that'd be great. But we're not there yet. There's so many places you can't use Apple Pay. So.
1: Yeah. A couple others just to rattle off here. Live text, which we talked about in the last episode, mm. we both really like. Uh, now you can do it Um in video, which is cool. So you can stop a video and use live text if you're on your phone. Uh, And also you can do it in the actual camera mode and translate mode, which is really cool. So for example, the example they used is you can look at a menu in your translate app and it'll Use your camera and it'll translate the whole menu for you live, and you can just read the actual translation. So, those are really cool.
0: The other thing I liked with live text, because one thing I have to say is I'm not always the best about remembering it's there and remembering to use it. Mm -hmm. And one thing is that there'll be like quick suggestions in live text. So, it'll have like different prompts of something you could do with the text that's showing up in your viewfinder like a currency conversion, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that it's just like, right now it's a little more hidden, you have to know about it, and this will help like, give you some more ideas of how to use it.
1: Totally. Uh, another one that was a small update but I thought was cool is for Dictate, they keep the keyboard there. So Dictate, if you're dictating a message, say a text message, the audio dictation's really good. You use that a lot, right? Um,
0: the audio dictation for what? For
1: text messages. Like you can just dictate a text message to somebody. I do it constantly. Yeah, well, Donna and I share an office, <laughs> so, so this I'm is very one of those aware. I'm just examples of like, David's
0: like, you do that
1: like all the time. It's really annoying. <laughs> I did not say annoying. It is a useful feature, and Donna makes the most of it. And now <laughs> you can have a keyboard. <laughs> See how I'm just plowing right through that? <laughs> yeah. Now there's a keyboard while you're dictating. Sort
0: of like how Noah likes to keep his notification noises yeah. on. He makes the most of that He makes the too. most of
1: the notification noises and does not make any use of the do not disturb functionality. <laughs> <laughs> Noah's another person we share an office with. Yeah. And it's just constant dings. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so while you're dictating a text, now the keyboard is still there, which is really nice because... Uh, the problem with dictation is sometimes it gets the word wrong, so you can then automatically correct it as you're going, which I thought was cool.
0: Yeah, that is. All right, I think know, we honestly, got the majority of them here. Yeah, that is a good overview of iOS 16. Uh, our question of the week is that we wanted to ask all of you: What are you most looking forward to with iOS 16? Also, we're going to be going over all the other OS's, so you could let us know if iPad OS or Watch OS or Mac OS have things that you think are cooler. Uh, but we would love to hear from you. David and I shared some of the things that we're most excited about. But if you tuned in to the announcement, you might have caught some things we didn't mention today, or you can let us know from this episode what you thought sounded coolest. Uh, so email us at podcast at iPhoneLife.com. Moving on to iPad OS.
1: iPad OS. All right. So let's start with the feature that I was most excited about. Um, for year, years now, and I mean it, like literally probably three or four years, my biggest complaint for the iPad is that Apple, I love my iPad, I use it all the time, but Apple bills that, brands the iPad as sort of a computer replacement. And in my opinion, the hardware is there. It has an M1 chip in it, depending on what iPad you get. And so it's a really powerful device, but the software is very similar to the iPhone and it's too limited to be able to actually do a lot of work off of. You can do very light work, like check your email, but if you're actually using it, let's say you're on vacation, you want to spend a day working, it doesn't work very well. And so, um, in particular, the multitasking is just really not intuitive, not easy to use, and not very powerful. So they came out with this new mode, and it's called, I'm going to look up what it's called right now. I um, can't remember
0: either. And
1: they actually, it's sort of, they kind of bury, oh, stage manager. Not a fan of the name. No, that's okay. me neither. But it's basically <laughs> like the thing that I've been saying for years is that they need to look at the, iPad operating system and make it match much closer to the Mac operating system than the iPhone operating system, and this kind of does that. It's kind of like a simplified version of the Mac operating system, mm-hmm. where you can have different uh, you can have different apps running at the same time, but they're in windows like you have on a Mac, where you can adjust the size and they can overlap each other. And you don't have a just the normal view of just one app open at a time, or b have this weird like grid of like the multitasking. I hate the multitasking on iPad as it is now. It's buggy. I always get confused and end up with weird side by side windows when I don't want to. So, and there's the feeling
0: of sort of getting like locked into a certain view, and you can't really see what else is going on on your iPad. And this lets you finally get out of that.
1: Yeah. And the Mac operating system is so flexible. Like you can just have your calendar up on one side and an email up on the other and you can go back and forth. And if you can make one big and you can adjust it to small and it's just flexible and easy. Mm -hmm. And so this I hopefully will be close enough to that to actually make your iPad a device you can work from. Which would be amazing. Uh, so I think it, you know the proof is when it comes out, and we can actually test it. But it looked more promising than I thought it would be. If you remember the rumor yeah. roundup, I was like, I rolled my eyes and said, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm still a little bit there, but it looked promising to me.
0: Well, yeah. For those of you who haven't been tuned in over time, like David, the, uh, Apple keeps on coming out with multitasking improvements because I think they know it's an area that's not working that well. And last year for instance, there was like a little three dot icon that at least shows you that there's a multitasking option for an app that you have and yeah. you can tap that. So David isn't easily like convinced with this is what I'm trying to say because when that came out he's like okay this is not a breakthrough it's not that different yeah. like definitely it's it's a helpful tool for people who are super into it but this feels different
1: it feels different and the
0: fact that you're saying that too i think says something because you know in general you've been a bit of a skeptic when it comes to this even though you love using your ipad it just has not been a laptop replacement for you in any way and even though this also won't be a laptop replacement it does seem Like, it'll be more usable for certain laptop-type uses.
1: Totally, yeah. I think I will – I certainly won't get rid of my laptop anytime soon. But, like, the the measure for me personally is when I'm going on vacation, do I feel the need to bring my iPad and my computer? Because it's not like I'm going to be working all day. But, like, am I willing to leave Mm. my computer at home and do some work on an iPad at a coffee shop or on vacation? And as of now, the answer has been no – and I hope that that is something that I can do for my iPad, because it would make my life easier. And it really is sort of live up to the full potential of the iPad. Um, a couple other, to move on to some other features here. First of all, almost every feature we announce for the iPhone is available for the iPad as well. So in general, we cover these and we try to have like the, the feature most you like the feature that it was designed for which device we cover but like there's a lot of cross functionality here in terms of all the features announced will work on a lot of the devices um one of the features they spent a lot of time on that i was really unimpressed by was all of these like sharing functionalities what did you think of that
0: yeah i i To be totally honest, I was telling David before we recorded this, our other editor and I were editing a lot during the iPad announcement, some of our iOS 16 articles. So I'm going to have to defer to you on the sharing features because that was one I only caught here and there.
1: Okay, so basically, I mean, I think my read on it is that Apple was trying to um, compete a little bit with like Google Suite, so like Google Sheets, Google Docs, where you can collaboratively edit documents. And so they had functionality to do that, where you could share... The, The example they used was they had like a Pages document open, and you shared it with people, and they could go in and edit it while you were editing it. But it didn't feel fully baked, and you had to be using Apple's documents, which I think most people either use Microsoft or Google for. Um, and I just, none of it impressed me. I'm sure there will be some people who use it and love it, but none of it felt like, oh, that's so great. I felt like, wow, I'll probably just stick with using Google documents, to be honest. Uh, Oh,
0: like shared Safari tab groups.
1: That's the other one too, where
0: a feature you already hated. We were already,
1: when they announced it, I thought that could be cool. And then I never ended up using it. So that's for tabs. Um, you have, when you have tabs open, you can now have, like, in Safari group them. And the idea is, like, if you're planning a trip, you can put a bunch of tabs in one group and then open them all at once. You could have a bunch of work tabs open uh, that you open up when you get to work. The I, I do use
0: this. Oh, you do? Okay.
1: Because yeah. to me, I never use it. The idea sounded cool, but I don't. What do you use it for?
0: I have a work tab group. Well, I have for different different areas of work. Like I have a magazine tab group where I have like our editorial spreadsheet, Asana assignments, mm-hmm. like things like that. And then I'll have different ones for different work projects. Also, I have one for like online shopping, stuff like okay. that. And it just does help me compartmentalize my life a little bit. I could also have... Um, I mean, you could manage this in a lot of different ways and you don't have to use Safari tab groups to do it. Like you also could have just different users on your laptop. A lot of people prefer to do that, like one for work and one for personal mm-hmm. life stuff. But my life like breaks into more categories than that. So actually having tab <laughs> groups is nice. Okay, so there you, you know? go.
1: Because I, I want to like tab groups.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So now that was last time, but now you can share them. Which as an example, if Donna were planning a trip, mm-hmm. she had a bunch of tab groups open or she was doing shopping and wanted to share all the yeah, things you wanted picked out. Yeah, some input. You could have shared tab groups. That is the feature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it that. also is worth mentioning, and we brought up at the beginning, uh, David, in a snarky way, but finally we did get the Weather app on the iPad.
1: Yeah, we did get <sighs> the Weather. I I didn't even know it wasn't there. I use Yahoo Weather, which is, I guess, yeah. why I didn't notice.
0: Notably missing on the iPad in terms of Apple's built-in apps has been Weather and the – um. now I'm – kick on it.
1: Calculator. Calculator. Yeah.
0: Um. And calculator we still didn't get for some reason, but the weather <laughs> app is now on iPad. And it's worth mentioning just because we've had so many of our readers personally be like, I can't find weather on my iPad. I can't find calculator on my iPad. What am I doing wrong? Yeah.
1: It is so. worth knowing. Yeah. Um, another feature that is, Across all platforms, we didn't talk about was the new SharePlay feature, where SharePlay will work with text messaging now. So SharePlay is like you can collaboratively watch a movie together or listen to music together or things like that. Um, but before you had to be on a FaceTime call for that, and now you can do it while texting. So I think if you're somebody who doesn't want to like hear everyone talk during a movie, then SharePlay was not going to be for you. But you may want to text. Uh, I think. I don't use SharePlay very much, so I'm not like the most excited. But as an example, while I was watching Game of Thrones way back in the day, I would definitely always text people in the crazy scenes, but I wouldn't call them. So I could see this being a slightly less invasive way of doing SharePlay. Do you ever yeah. SharePlay?
0: No, I mean, besides testing it for work, no, not really. And I do think that actually having it, I'd use group messaging all the time. And so I think the fact that it's going to be integrated in there makes it more usable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree um, with that. I think, I think that one of the big cool.
0: barriers for that for share play is just that all the people in the group have to be subscribed to whatever service you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that still might be a barrier. Like if it's some show I'm into, but I don't know if everyone has HBO, then they still can't share play with me. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but still, I thought I'm, I'm intrigued by that definitely. Um, should we talk about watchOS?
1: Let's do it.
0: So watchOS, I just, I'm just. i going to go ahead and start with my big complaint,
1: <laughs> um,
0: which is that in the rumors, I was reading a lot that we were going to get a low power mode for watchOS. And I was really excited about that because right now, all you have is power reserve mode. I mean, first of all, the Apple Watch doesn't have a very long battery life. And so it's going to happen a lot that your watch runs out of battery unless you're just like really good about recharging it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so something that would extend the battery life would be nice because right now power reserve mode kicks in right before your watch is about to die and will just turn it into a clock for a little while before it fully dies. And it doesn't let – it like basically bricks your Apple Watch. Like it doesn't let you access any of the controls anymore. Whereas low power mode on your iPhone extends the battery life significantly – of your iPhone and gives you most of the functionality of the phone that you had before. So if the watch could find a way to do that, that'd be amazing. Although I could see from Apple's side, maybe that's way harder to deliver on than you would think that like, if it's letting you use many features of the watch, it's still going to run out of battery and die. So maybe just Apple didn't have, you know, (laughs) wasn't able to deliver that. But I was sad because that was the one that I thought was the most significant rumor. And then what we actually got I found to be somewhat minimal
1: in general I think that the apple watch was the least exciting operating system update for me there's mm. a few things in there that th- that sound like ah oh, that'll be nice but in general the new
0: lunar watch face
1: yeah uh, yeah that one didn't do it for me <laughs> <laughs> uh in general I don't think there was a huge amount here that I I was that excited about the thing that I was most excited about was they have now zones for heart rate when you're working out most of these updates were around working out it seems like apple's really doubled down on apple watch as a device for working out as opposed to uh some of the other more lifestyle functionalities so now they have zones for heart rate i use that on my peloton because the peloton has that baked in and i love it i'm kind of understanding the idea i think some of it comes from the whole like What's it called? Orange Theory or something? Yeah. Or you want your heart rate to be. I went to an Orange
0: Theory class once.
1: Yeah, and how mm-hmm. was it? Was it was it magical?
0: I mean, it definitely uh, is a different experience having recommendations for like how hard to push it at different points in the workout. Yeah. So having more of that type of functionality in WatchOS actually is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I same thing on my Apple Watch because it helps you to feel to gauge with the heart rate how hard you're working. Because a lot of times, it's like somebody's telling you to go faster and you're like, I feel like I'm dying.
0: (laughs) 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 I was expecting you to say something a lot more diplomatic than that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a very emotional response. But it's like, you, you look at your heart rate and you're like, oh my gosh. I can't go faster. Let's be real.
0: Cardio feels like you're dying. Cardio,
1: (laughs) my Peloton feels like it's killing me. Um, And other times you can do it and they say, go fast. And you look at your heart rate and you're like, oh yeah, I'm at a yellow. So having not just that actual number, but seeing the range (laughs) and understanding what range you're personally shooting for is really nice. And I'm excited about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, that's probably the biggest one. Um, then macOS Ventura, we should talk about as well.
1: Yeah, well, um, let's let me just before we wrap up because I I want to see other there were other cool features. The other one, the monitoring, we talked about um, the medications, which is yeah across all of them, but largely an Apple Watch based feature. The AFib monitor over time, I thought was valuable for people who have heart issues. Monitoring, yeah. you know, what percentage of the time you're having heart issues, I thought was. Was valuable. One of our coworkers has a parent who has heart issues, and was like, "Wow, that'll be really great." So there, there were some things, but in general, Apple Watch didn't get a whole lot. Got a few new watch faces. Uh, I think that was that was about it. Okay, so now we can move on because I know we have a lot to cover and yeah. not a huge amount of time. So we're gonna. What was next? You said Mac OS Mac Adventure. OS Ventura.
0: Um, and we're gonna have a hard time with this podcast not talking about some of the same features across oss So. Yeah. We're going to talk about Stage Manager again, just because that was one of the big features in macOS Ventura that also on our team had mixed reactions, whereas everyone on the iPad was excited to see it. So it's worth talking about. It's kind of a different thing. Yeah. Well,
1: the order that they announced it was interesting because they talked about uh, macOS Ventura, which is, by the way, the name is now Ventura, the next update to the macOS. They always have weird, cheesy jokes about it. Um, So they announced Ventura first and then iPad OS. And when they announced Stage Manager, everybody was like, why did I need that? It didn't seem like it solved any real problems. And then they announced it for the iPad, and you're like, oh, they designed this for the iPad. This will be really useful on the iPad. So I think, I mean, it's the exact same functionality we talked about. I think it's basically, they build it as a way of managing all of your applications that if you have a ton of them open it can get really messy and stage manager is a way to kind of minimize that mess. And it kind of keeps different clusters of apps on the side and you can control it a little more. I didn't think it was gonna be that valuable on the Mac personally. What did you think?
0: I think I was, um, one of the few people who actually thought it did seem like a okay. nice thing. <laughs> I just like, um, I like seeing all my options on the screen. Like, I know right now you can switch desktops, but it's kind of like a hidden option. Whereas this, seeing it floating on the side, I just found visually appealing. And um, I don't know, it seems like useful to Uh me. Um, But again, like, it's hard sometimes to say without having hands on time with it, how I really feel. It is.
1: It's definitely hard to say. The
0: things that I thought I found the most exciting with Mac OS Ventura is the pass keys, which I actually wanted to ask Mm-hmm. If you, if you could explain a little bit more, um, and also the webcam thing, I mean, the using your iPhone as the webcam, I thought was like kind of a fun novelty feature. I don't know like how breakthrough it is, but those are both worth talking about.
1: Yeah. Let's start with the iPhone one, because I think that's e- a little bit quicker and easy to explain. You can now use your iPhone as a webcam. Uh, the reason why it's like, it's hard to say how valuable it'll be because your I- your iPhone, I think every Mac now has a a webcam built in, most computers do, so it's unusual like Why most people bad quality, though. yeah, it's that's 720p. true. It will have a higher quality if you have an older one. The functionality and, and it added, they added some like color correcting modes, which I thought were cool. They uh-huh. have one specifically that like makes your background darker, and highlights your face, which I thought was really cool because so many times you're backlit,
0: and I they are like, if you're
1: sitting with a window behind you, which sometimes is unavoidable, it'll look a lot better. I thought that was cool. They also had this really interesting view where you could show it basically use two of Apple of the iPhone cameras at the same time. One would be on your face and the other would be your desk right in front of you so they it would be a way of like demonstrating something. We thought it'd be interesting for teachers for example. They could be like showing oh. something on their desk or writing something down. So
0: like a shot of your face and then maybe like more like top down of it was, like your it was hands in to- your workspace. Yeah, it was
1: top down. I mean, we could use
0: that. For our courses. Yeah,
1: that, that comment was made. Yeah, <laughs> It was a top-down view, but with the iPhone straight ahead of you. So it was a really interesting oh, wow. usage of the webcam. Um, so that was that feature.
0: And did you need like a clip or something in order to get that to work? They
1: used a clip huh. because obviously where you put the iPhone matters a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that's something that they will sell or how that will work. I don't know.
0: Cool. Yeah. And then this pass keys feature, you know, we talk about password management a lot Mm -hmm. at iPhone Life. So having a breakthrough in password management seems exciting.
1: Yeah. And this is something that's been, you know, this was announced now, but they've been working on it for a while. So I've been reading about it. And essentially... Apple, Google, and Microsoft have all partnered together with this initiative, and I can't remember what it's called, I'm sorry. But it's initiative basically to end passwords, which is so cool. And basically how it works, the, the idea behind it is that we all have, A, we all universally hate passwords. Like, They're easy to get hacked in phishing scams, or people can hack into databases, they're hard to remember, in management it's a real pain. And we all now have our phones in our pocket. We have Apple Watches. A lot of people now, like me, have a computer that has a Touch ID. So the idea is to use biometrics as your password. So similar to how you use Face ID to get into your phone, the idea is over time, as we have more and more of that functionality, they can stop using passwords altogether. And all you need to do is just touch your touch ID or use your face ID. And that will literally be the password for you. And not only does that save you from password management, it also means you can't fall victim to a phishing scam and your password can't be hacked because your password is literally your face. And they do it in a way that they're not storing that information on, uh, on an external server. So it's really interesting. These are early days, so what they announced now is sort of the beginning stage of it, but we're all stuck with passwords for a while. He said something like, it's a journey and we look forward to going through that journey with you. Oh, that makes me
0: immediately less excited. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, no. I, I know like... I should
1: have led with that, huh?
0: <laughs> no, that's good.
1: Good to know, though, <laughs> honestly. Um, a couple other features that I thought were really exciting. One that I'm <laughs> really excited about is they're going to they redid the search functionality in Mail. I think oh. mail search is just terrible. It's egregious. Terrible. It's so bad. So many times I go to search for a message and it'll pull up some random message from 2013 and not the email I got yesterday with the exact same keyword and I don't know why. And I, it's a universal thing I think that everybody just kind of hates it. So I'm really excited that they're gonna redo it. Of course, again, now I have to see that it actually works. its I hate it so much that we're actually planning, to be honest, to switch to using Gmail as our company. Um, there's some other reasons too. Yeah. But part of it is this how bad the search is and how mail isn't isn't as great. So the read and search for Apple Mail, in addition to that, they added a few functionalities that's like really obvious that everybody wanted, such as the ability to unsend a message. So if you send an email and you realize you sent the wrong email, you can quickly unsend it that's or nice. send it to the wrong person. Also, um, you can send later, which is nice, so you can have This is something that we encountered.
0: I want that for text messages too.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. Like schedule like a birthday message for like next week so you don't have to forget it sort of a thing. Yeah. But at least for email, you can send it so you can schedule it to send later. You can also schedule to remind you about an email. Like if you see, you can be like, remind me about this next week. These are all functionalities that Google and Gmail has had and has done well. So at least they're taking them. But again, Apple was a little bit slow for that.
0: And the rich links thing, too. Like, you know how in text messages you can send a link and it shows you, like, a preview? And yeah. So now you'll have that in mail, too.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Also, I love Spotlight. Um, Spotlight, for those yeah, who don't that. know, in Mac, uh, if you hit Command-Spacebar, it pulls up a little search menu, and it's really quick and easy. And you can use it to search your uh, your computer to find, you know, I'll use it to open up Excel quickly or open up a specific a document easily and they added some extra functionality where all, you, they also already have some functionality that's nice. So I usually use that as my calculator. I'll just pull it up and I'll, I, I did it today, too. like 7.5 times 2000 or whatever. Um, so now they added some extra functionality where I'm trying to remember all the things. Number one, you could open up a preview from the spotlight search. So let's say you're trying to open up a document, but you have like five documents that all have similar names. Up until now, you all you could do is just open them and see. But now you can open up a preview and see if it's what you're looking for. And then they also added some other things, like you could start a timer from there and things like that. Um, I think that was it for Spotlight. Was there anything else about Mac that you were particularly excited about? All these other, fo- all of these other things are coming to it, like we talked about. Um, Like, for example, we talk about Stage Manager and SharePlay and things like that is coming. Another thing that I thought was cool, actually, is worth talking about is FaceTime handoff. So you can now start a FaceTime call on one device and continue it on another device, which is really nice because if you think about it, a lot of times what happens is you'll get a FaceTime call and you're sitting on your couch or somewhere and it's on your phone. And so you answer on your phone, but you'd much rather be talking to them on your computer. And up until now, you had to say, hey, call me back. Whereas now you can walk up to your computer and transfer it from your phone to your computer and continue the call. Or vice versa, if you're talking to them on your computer, but then you need to go and get in a car, you can transfer it to your phone and keep the conversation going. So I thought that was good. Again. You know, part of why we're rattling all of these off is there, weren't, there were a ton of features announced. A lot of them were useful. There weren't a lot of really revolutionary features. The example I gave is back in the day when Apple added Siri to the iPhone. It was like it changed everything. Siri was such a, a like dramatic change to the phone, and there are a couple like that now, but not that many. So a lot of these are really, it felt like great refinements. It seemed like Apple in particular focused on listening to user feedback, but none of them are gonna like change your the way you interact with your device in a dramatic way. In my opinion, we'll have to see.
0: You know, I think it would be great to transition now to talking about the MacBook Air and MacBook Pro. Um, we did get CarPlay and HomeKit Kit updates as well. We're going to link to all of our coverage, by the way, in the show notes of mm-hmm. this um, episode. where You'll get more detail than in certain in certain items. If you're wanting to like learn more, you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast and get all of our coverage because we have tons of articles coming out today detailing all of the updates. Um, but, you know, we wanted to tell you sort of the main main takeaways in this show. So um, moving on to the MacBook Air and MacBook Pro, we've been hearing that we're going to get a new MacBook Air for a while. And this is felt relevant at iPhone Life because we've been trying <laughs> to make decisions around what Mac, you know, what we want to buy for our team. Um, so I was happy to see that we did get this Mac- MacBook Air that is a significant has significantly like great features that make it better than the MacBook Air that we bought in 2020 for a mm-hmm. lot of our team members. I really like my M1 MacBook Air, but a few things bothered me. It feels a little small, the webcam sucks, um and, you know, even though the M1 chip is great, it's been a little slow on certain things especially over time. So now this new MacBook Air is 13.6 inches, it has a 1080p webcam, it has MagSafe for charging, which uh-huh. is nice. And it has um, the M2 chip. Did I already say the M2 chip? No, that's the M2 yeah, that's chip the is the lead. biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. buried the lead.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was. It had. It checked the boxes of all the things we were expecting to see in the MacBook Air and, and wanting to see in the MacBook Air, in my opinion. So it has the M2 chip. The one thing I, I won't call it a disappointment, but the M2 chip felt in, like an incremental update to me as opposed to la- the M1 was so much better in terms of performance from the Intel chips that we, I was hoping that we'd really see this huge boost again. It, it, they, you know, they gave a bunch of different specs and they tended to be like, oh, 20% better at this, 30% better at that, it'll be nice, it'll be an improvement, um, but it is uh, what felt somewhat of an incremental improvement. But nonetheless, having a, it's the first time we've seen the M2 chip And that's really, you know, I felt like it was, they did good. It was a good, it's a good, powerful processor. Um, So, yeah, they added the notch. Did we mention that?
0: Mm, No, I didn't So that's why the
1: display is bigger, is the, you know, the uh, MacBook Pros have a notch, which allows you to have more of your uh, screen actually be the display. So Mm -hmm. it's almost no bezel. So they added that, which made it go from 13.3 inches to 13.6 inches. Um, and then yeah, it went from, uh, the other thing that was nice, it went from a retina display to a liquid retina display. I don't know if they actually tell you that what that means in terms of pixels per inch, but um, it's a, it's a nicer display. Uh, and yeah, I think other than that, it's, you know, there's a few changes. It can have... new color
0: options? Yeah, it
1: can be up to 10 cores for the GPU. The um, unified memory now goes up to twenty-four gigabytes as opposed to sixteen gigabytes. So overall it's just a little bit more powerful computer and it's still really sleek and light. And it's um, it starts at twelve hundred dollars, eleven ninety-nine.
0: Yeah. And so part just, like, of like new Midnight Blue and other what's the other color option? They have
1: midnight, they have Starlight. Starlight. Space Gray and Silver. What yeah. I would say is this. I think that this is the computer that most people should buy. Yeah. And that's why this is an exciting update. They updated the computer that's like, unless you're doing a lot of heavy work on your computer, in which case the MacBook Pro line is still better by far. Um, But for most people, it's an amazing computer. It's gonna be really light, really powerful. And it just got lighter, more powerful and a better screen uh, and some extra features.
0: It's definitely one I feel a little bad for um, recommending the MacBook Air to a friend recently who bought it
1: like, probably like two <laughs>
0: months ago. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, like this would be a better time now. But um, there might be delays in shipping based on <laughs> Apple supply chain issues, so maybe I should feel less guilty, but definitely agree this is the one to buy.
1: And I think you're safe to buy this. In other words, I mean, if you're looking at the MacBook Pro line waiting till the fall. I think they'll come out with a new MacBook Pro that'll be better. It'll probably have them 2 x chip. Mm-hmm. But for most people, I think this is the right price to performance computer for them. And I, like, it It was compelling. It's nice. It's so mm-hmm. light and, and sleek. The one thing I'll say about it is, for me, 13.6 inches might not be it, and a large enough display. And I have a 16-inch MacBook Pro and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Also, the MacBook Pros, I mean, they're just... More powerful computers. They have a micro LED display. I was hoping this one would have a micro LED display, and it does not. Um, but overall, I think it was a great. It's a great computer. So,
0: yeah, and we did get a new MacBook Pro as well.
1: And um, this computer, that- I. This is the one that I think this computer. <laughs> to say it in a, in a blunt way, has no right to exist. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not know why Apple did it. It cost an extra $100 to the MacBook Air. It is heavier, it's, it's the same, it's actually a smaller screen size than the MacBook Air. It has the exact same chip in it, the exact same processor, GPU, RAM, all of that. So it's heavier. Yeah, I'm confused by it. I do not know, I could not tell you a single reason why you should buy this computer to be honest. like It (laughs) makes no sense to me why it exists. Um, And it's one where Apple, it's been this weird legacy where Apple's always sort of had it, where they've had their Pro line and then their Air line, and then they always have one computer that straddles both and isn't better at anything. And so I assumed that Apple would get rid of that computer because... uh, other than that, Apple's done a really good job in recent years of differentiating the Air from the Pro line and making it clear what which one is for who. This computer makes no sense to me. So I <laughs> I would not buy it <laughs> if it were me. <laughs> <laughs> Just,
0: you know, putting it lightly. Has, has no, no right, right to, to exist. It's <laughs> amazing. All right, well, this has been our roundup of everything WWDC 2022. We hope you've enjoyed it and learned some of the exciting things you have coming to your devices, well, September or sooner, depending whether you want to do the public beta. Oh, let's talk about we'll that. Which what we'll be doing yeah. in our follow-up episode. So let's talk about availability quickly. Um, the public betas of these different uh, OSs will be available beginning in July. Mm-hmm. Developer betas starting sooner than that. And you know we expect an Apple event usually in the second week of September and usually either right following that or the week after that. Then the software becomes publicly available. So if you're, you know, just sort of following the standard Apple update cycle, you won't be actually getting this on your device rolled out to your device until mid September.
1: Yeah, and we will keep you updated. We will certainly, we'll probably do the developer beta. So if anybody out there has a developer account, you could d- get it today, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, but we'll certainly at least do the public beta, and you all. It are welcome to do that as well if you don't mind having a few bugs here and there. It's fun, um, so that's up to you. But for everybody else, it's going to roll out in September.
0: Yes, and um, did we catch the shipping dates on the MacBook Air? I, let me look well. right now
1: because I have that open. Um,
0: One thing to note also, though, is that last year, at least, the macOS update wasn't publicly available until November. Actually, um, so with the iOS 16, iPad OS 16, Watch OS—that's all very reliably, I would say, September releases. But, what, but sometimes Mac OS can be delayed if there are features that Apple's having a hard time getting ready for prime time. So that one, I feel like we, we could like predict a little less reliably.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they're not telling me when it comes out. It just says currently unavailable. So we'll have to look that up and get back to you. I don't, I'm sure they said it, but um, I, I don't see it on their website right now.
0: Okay. Well, we'll be back um, either next episode or the one after that. We're going to talk about the the public betas more and weigh the pros and cons with you about whether or not to try that out. So stay tuned for our next episode and enjoy.
1: Thanks everyone.
0: Bye.